"'You'd better get dressed and come downstairs "'and never mind your imaginings,' said Marilla, "'as soon as she could get a word in edgewise. "'Breakfast is waiting. "'Wash your face and comb your hair. "'Leave the window up and turn your bedclothes "'back over the foot of the bed. "'Be as smart as you can.' Anne could evidently be smart to some purpose, for she was downstairs in ten minutes' time, with her clothes neatly on, her hair brushed and braided, her face washed, and a comfortable consciousness pervading her soul that she had fulfilled all Marilla's requirements. As a matter of fact, however, she had forgotten to turn back the bedclothes. "'I'm pretty hungry this morning,' she announced as she slipped into the chair Marilla placed for her. The world doesn't seem such a howling wilderness as it did last night. I'm so glad it's a sunshiny morning, but I like rainy mornings real well, too. All sorts of mornings are interesting, don't you think? You don't know what's going to happen through the day, and there's so much scope for imagination. But I'm glad it's not rainy today, because it's easier to be cheerful and bear up under affliction on a sunshiny day. I feel that I have a good deal to bear up under. It's all very well to read about sorrows and imagine yourself living through them heroically, but it's not so nice when you really come to have them, is it? For pity's sake, hold your tongue, said Marilla. You talk entirely too much for a little girl. Thereupon Anne held her tongue so obediently and thoroughly that her continued silence made Marilla rather nervous, as if in the presence of something not exactly natural. Matthew also held his tongue but this at least was natural, so that the meal was a very silent one. As it progressed, Anne became more and more abstracted, eating mechanically, with her big eyes fixed unswervingly and unseeingly on the sky outside the window. This made Marilla more nervous than ever. She had an uncomfortable feeling that while this odd child's body might be there at the table, her spirit was far away in some remote, airy cloudland, borne aloft on the wings of imagination. Who would want such a child about the place? Yet Matthew wished to keep her of all unaccountable things. Marilla felt that he wanted it just as much this morning as he had the night before, and that he would go on wanting it. That was Matthew's way, take a whim into his head, and cling to it with the most amazing silent persistency, a persistency ten times more potent and effectual in its very silence than if he had talked it out. When the meal was ended, Anne came out of her reverie and offered to wash the dishes. "'Can you wash dishes right?' asked Marilla distrustfully. "'Pretty well. I'm better at looking after children, though. I've had so much experience at that.' It's such a pity you haven't any here for me to look after. I don't feel as if I wanted any more children to look after than I've got at present. You're problem enough in all conscience. What's to be done with you, I don't know. Matthew is a most ridiculous man. I think he's lovely, said Anne reproachfully. He is so very sympathetic. He didn't mind how much I talked. He seemed to like it. I felt that he was a kindred spirit as soon as ever I saw him. "'You're both queer enough, if that's what you mean by kindred spirits,' said Marilla with a sniff. "'Yes, you may wash the dishes. Take plenty of hot water and be sure you dry them well. I have enough to attend to this morning, for I'll have to drive over to White Sands in the afternoon and see Mrs. Spencer. 
You'll come with me, and we'll settle what's to be done with you. After you've finished the dishes, go upstairs and make your bed. Anne washed the dishes deftly enough, as Marilla, who kept a sharp eye on the process, discerned. Later on, she made her bed less successfully, for she had never learned the art of wrestling with a feather tick. But it was done somehow and smoothed down, and then Marilla, to get rid of her, told her she might go out of doors and amuse herself until dinner time. Anne flew to the door, face alight, eyes glowing. On the very threshold she stopped short, wheeled about, came back, and sat down by the table, light and glow as effectually blotted out as if someone had clapped an extinguisher on her.'